0: Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. I'm your host and GM, Azul, and this. Well, this is the very first episode of the One Ring RPG by Freya Liegen. Listeners, I am so very excited for this. Lord of the Rings has always had a special place in my heart, starting all the way back when I was a wee lad escaping into the wonderful worlds of fantasy. With Tolkien's elves and his rangers and wizards and hobbits, I was hooked from day one. I honestly still remember secretly watching Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings movie as a kid and just being completely terrified and awed by it. And and, 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 and I think the first thing I did after watching peter jackson's fellowship was to go online straight away and frantically try and try i did to find out how to learn elvish quenya and honestly spending way too much time puzzling over complex grammatical structures and such i never ended up learning it but yeah so when I found out that there was a Lord of the Rings RPG, and not just a reskin of D&D with a Middle-Earth setting, but an actual RPG that was structured around Tolkien's vision of Middle-Earth, well, I was… I'd like to imagine that my screams of excitement were heard by many a neighbour. And to make things even better, the publishers were free Ligen. It's no secret if you follow our Twitter that Free League Publishing is one of my favourite publishers, if not THE favourite. From Tales from the Lube to Alien to Vason, Free League somehow always succeeds in publishing these incredibly atmospheric games that exude the very vibe of the worlds that they depict. Speaking of which, if you like Blade Runner, Free League's currently running their Blade Runner Kickstarter campaign, and it looks so good, as expected. Their products have always been amazing, so if you're a fan of Blade Runner, or even if you just want to check the kind of thing that I'm talking about, you'll find the links in our description below. And very lastly, before we get right onto it, we plan on running a giveaway alongside the Wandering RPG episodes, so please do keep an eye on our socials. Watch that space. You'll find those links in our description as well. So, without further ado, let us journey into Middle-earth.
1: I am Bara Hyae. Engwe Koeitahuenessin.
2: Hlarim sa Sirisen. Pautan sa Suris.
1: Anyway, ooh. To Mars, we'll take the quest. Make foes and friends. Bring
2: her dice and your pals. And don't forget your time.
0: Three rings for the elven kings under the sky. Seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone. Nine for the mortal men doomed to die. One for the Dark Lord, on his Dark Throne, in the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them. Yes, that's right. Today we're playing the One Ring RPG by Fria Ligen, also known as Free League. So, We've got a stellar cast today, an amazing group of amazingly talented individuals who, as usual, we will be introducing in a second. I am incredibly excited. This is a game that I've been wanting to play for a long, long time since it came out ages ago, and Legan is one of my favorite publishers as well, so this is, this is jittering with excitement. So, without <laughs> further ado, let us go around introducing our lovely cast. I guess we can start with, in the, on the side of my screen, we can start with Jarrett. Hello, Jarrett.
3: Oh, hello. Hello there. How's it going? I'm... That's me. I'm Jared.
0: Yes. Do you want to? Do you want to tell our listeners who you are, what you are?
3: Well, I, I'm Jared. I'm an actor, voiceover, and um, all around nerdy fella. I guess that's that's me. That's those amazing. Are, those are the three traits that I've chosen to bring to the fore
0: for <laughs> today. Brilliant, brilliant. Is there anything? Is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners about? What things you're working on? Any places to find you online or elsewhere? What work to find you on?
3: Not at this time, but this is sort of a watch this space kind of dealio. Watch this
0: space. Yes, let us wash this face. Mm. Sounds good. Let's go next to John. John, hello, John. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. How's it going?
4: Everything is going just fine. Yes, my name is John, John Callan. I'm an actor of uh, oh, more than 50 years experience at uh, 75. My first stage role was at the age of five. There you are. And wow. I can still remember my lines. Well, my one line. Just the four words, actually, but there you go. And uh, so, (laughs) yes, I'm an actor, director, writer. I've done uh, a lot of voice work over the years, narrated a lot of documentaries, directed a program, an ongoing drama, sometimes called a soap opera, which uh, (laughs) one of our other stars today has uh, been in for a few years. And now I am semi-retired. I'm still doing a lot of work. If I have time spare, I go and read books, record books for the Blind Foundation. Mm. I'm a husband, father, grandfather. I've got lots of brothers and sisters, far too many children, and (laughs) um, a brood of dogs. fabulous. (laughs) fabulous.
2: <laughs> that is
0: delightful. It is truly an honor and a pleasure to have you with us, John. Thank you. With that, I think, as you alluded, let us go to our next guest of honor, Henry. Hello, Henry. How's it going?
4: Hello.
5: It's going well. Thank you, Azul. Stoked to be here. Um, my name's Henry Ralston. Anyone who does know me already will no doubt know me from my role on Shortland Street, where I've been for the past three years or so. I absolutely love tabletop role-playing games. Um, I've never played this particular one, the One Ring, so I might be a bit sort of new to all the rules, but um, I'm super excited to be playing here on Don't Forget Your towel. I think it'd be awesome. If you want to follow me on the old Instagram where I post roughly every four months, <laughs> my Instagram is rolling.storm. It's um both, re- <laughs> both really cool and a clever play on my last name. Ah. And if, if you'd like to... Uh, hear or see more of me playing um, RPGs, a system I'm a bit more familiar with. Me and a bunch of my friends, we're starting a D&D live stream, and that's starting a bit later in May, uh, and that's going to be on Twitch at Fawn's Twitch channel. So just type in Fawn and go there. F-A-W-N.
0: That is all good, and it is a pleasure and honor to have you on as well. I'm pretty sure we're all new to this system, and this is actually, since this is John's very first time playing a tabletop role playing game as well, so we're quite excited to introduce it to him. It's a new whole thing <laughs> um, to to get into so we'll yeah. see how everything goes <laughs> and erin welcome back erin at this point Alison's probably you. memorized your intro
1: yeah i was just waiting for you to like skip right past me and be like cool uh, so gotta <laughs> gotta
0: got to, got to change it up sometimes you know oh
1: yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah hey guys it's erin uh <laughs> what am i up to <laughs> that, that's it
5: damn that's so deep man. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: For those who may not know me, I am a co-founder of Don't Forget Your Tell podcast. Uh, I'm an actor, voice actor, and writer. And if you want to check out or keep up with the fun things that I am doing, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Erin O'Flaherty of Actor.
0: Okay, without further ado, let us go around one last time to introduce your characters as well. Jared, why don't you start us off?
3: Oh, I'm, I'm Griffin Goodbody. I'm a I'm 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 a hobbit. I'm a courier. I, I run from from like a, a brie to the surrounding towns, uh, delivering missives and and, uh, and packages mostly. I try to keep to the main roads because they're scary outside there.
2: Uh, <laughs>
4: Right, good day to you. My name's Groin. I'm named after one of my forefathers. He had an accent very similar to mine, and that comes from the fact that we are all in the one line from Durin's folk, and a lot of people call him Durin, which is very... Doer, And we are not. We <laughs> like a bit of fun and a bit of action. And so do I. But I don't know, like rushing into things. I like to think about them a wee bit. You know what I mean? I'm okay with a spear. I quite like that. The sword's not too bad. But uh, one of the things I don't like is too many elven women around the place because well, to be perfectly frank none of them have any whiskers. So I don't <laughs> like that. I'm really on a mission. A mission to find the truth of what happened all those years ago to better inform my life and where I live. My safe place. But I'll come back to that very shortly, I think.
5: To many, the Rangers of the North are a dark and mysterious people, not to be trifled with, perhaps as dangerous as the forces of Sauron's army themselves. But to me, Kota the family. I've been defending the realms of man from the forces of darkness since I was but a lad, and I will continue to do so until my dying days. That's about it. That's, that's about it for me, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, I'm wearing, uh, Coach so is wearing, uh, like, really tight fitting, like, leathers and furs. It's all. It all looks a bit patchwork, like it's been, like, torn and, and sewn together, like, many times. And he's got a big old sword on his back and a little axe at his hip.
0: That's amazing.
1: My name is Idril, and I am an Elvish woman. (laughs) I hail from the Grey Havens in the noble land of Linden. I felt the calling of the land, of the earth, well before I reached my adulthood, and as soon as I did, I set off to learn of the world and listen to its movements. I journey out and carry messages on behalf of Surdan, the oldest and wisest of the elves.
0: To start us off, let us talk a bit about our company, our fellowship, if you will. You would all know each other in some form or another, or at least know one or two of one another, as you have been questing for some time now. One of the decisions you need to make as part of putting the colour into your company is determining who your patron is. Do you have any thoughts
5: on that? Well, Gand- Gandalf's in all the movies. I feel, I feel like I know him best.
0: <laughs> I saw him at a party once. I can tell you the choices you have. Um, yes, Although please. you're welcome, if you if you have somebody else that you really, really want to, we can probably work around that. But the choices given by the book, at the very least, is uh, Balin, son of Fundin, uh, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, specifically. Suradin, the shipwright, the individual who you're journeying for, Aaron. Uh, Gandalf the Grey, Gilrain the Fair, Tom Bombadil while Tom Bombadil and Lady Goldberry together.
5: Oh, well, I mean, I want to destroy the forces of darkness. And looking at the list of patrons, I can see that Balin's agenda is to eliminate enemy lieutenants, etc. Gilrain, as well, is like fight the enemy, defend the weak. So I'd be keen for one of those. But I mean,
4: I'm just the guy who spoke first, I'm not the be-all and end-all of choices. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that Gandalf the Grey has got skills way beyond any of the dwarves or the elves. He can make magic, and he is somebody that I hold in high respect. If you trust the magics of an old wizened man, you're a fool. I may be a fool, but I'm well older than you, son.
1: You may have lived a long time, but Surdan has lived longer, and he trusts Gandalf.
3: He's always been very kind to the Hobbits of the Shire, but, you know, I, I don't want to be putting too much of my, myself into this. Disease. You're all very important
0: people.
5: If we're going to do this an adventure, we need money. We need a patron. We need to decide who we're going to go with.
0: One other thing I should mention is that each patron has a different boon that you can take advantage of by spending fellowship points throughout the session. For example, Serden gives you the option of re-rolling all dice in a roll. Balan gives you the opportunity to make a comment. Combat role favored, and so forth. And also to clarify, fellowship points are a group of points that you share collectively. You have fellowship points equal to your fellowship rating, and your fellowship rating is just a numerical representation of your fellowship's communal goals, mutual respect, and loyalty.
5: Okay, so do we want to be? Do we want to be like better in combat? Do we want to like be able to do any any role better with certain? Is what I'm getting?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, if we were to go for Balin, Groin would be our connection and possibly the person who sort of brought us all together. And if we were to go for Surdan, then Idril would be, my character, would be the connection.
4: Well, you've got a much better idea of what this is all about than I have. (laughs) I'm I'm still keen for Surdan. In that
0: case, let's go with Surdan. So your patron is Surdan.
5: Let's
3: listen to the elf.
4: Elves are wise
5: creatures. Weak, but wise
3: Hells are not weak. Uh, Hobbits are weak. Uh, I want that on the table from the get-go. I can't be relied on in a scrap.
5: No one's disputing that, little one.
0: So the next step is to decide where your safe haven is. But before we get into that, I should probably just give ourselves kind of like a disclaimer, especially for any Tolkien fans that are going to be listening to this, because it just clicked to me that Cerden is actually pronounced Kirtan, or something like that. We're sorry. (laughs) Anyways, safe havens. Yes, so your safe haven is like your base of operations. It's where you can go to regularly, where you gather, where you rest, revive your withered souls from a long journey. It can really be anywhere, but it just needs to be the same for all of you. So this is probably the place where, for lack of a better term, you hang out.
5: That's perfect. I have like a small, slightly damp cave uh, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's, there's a little stream mm. maybe two miles away. Um, there is a family of bears who keeps coming back. But um, <laughs> other than that, like, it's honestly perfect, guys. I would I would volunteer that.
3: That's lovely. Um... But maybe we think about somewhere with beds.
1: Mm. <laughs> Agree. I think I'm going to pass oh. on the
3: cave. Maybe some hot cocoa. I don't know. I, I, there are certain elements of... of... Comfort, I'm used to.
5: Ah, uh, the free folk.
2: <laughs>
5: have you ever eaten a spider's web? <laughs> what? That's what I thought. <laughs> you and your little creature comforts there's something we'll have to leave behind.
3: Well, I mean, not if we. There's uh, actually quite a few inns on the road. If you stop at, at the inn, you can sleep inside.
1: <laughs> I myself have been lost on the moor many a time. Fortunately, us elves do not always need to eat. But there has been a night or two where I resorted to grass. It's full of nutrients.
4: I don't want to hear about your knights, Your knights in shining armor bringing your bowls of grass. To hell with that. <laughs> and it's all very well saying you want to be in. We've got a whole mountain.
0: <laughs> he has the point. To give you all some context to the locations, especially for our listeners who may not have a map of Middle-earth just right in front of them, the Blue Mountains, or Ered Luin, is one of the largest dwarven holes in Eriador, separating Lindon to the west from the rest of Eriador. To the north, we have Angmar, where the Witch-King once roamed. The south holds Isengard, and in the east, far east, the well-known Misty Mountains. Rivendell also lies to the east, just west of the Misty Mountains. And moving further into the center of Eriador is the singular, but well-known, Shire. Yeah,
1: so where are we thinking? I think, yeah, the Hall of the Dwarves could be a good option, or... I think that
3: is one of the closest places that all of us, given our character backstories, could end up.
0: Mm. So, the Halls of the Dwarves in the Blue Mountains is what I'm hearing?
5: Yeah, alright, Hall of the Dwarves, it's going down. Cool, cool, cool.
0: It's just called the Halls of Dwarves? Yep, 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 Halls of the Dwarves. Cool, so the last step is deciding who your Fellowship Focus is, and why they're your Fellowship Focus. So... Referring back to your fellowship rating being the representation of the loyalty and the kinship that you feel towards one another, your fellowship focus is kind of like someone with whom you share an additional level of companionship with. This may be due to some kind of respect or awe, or maybe because you're old acquaintances, or maybe because you pity them, or really any reason.
5: Oh... So they're like your bestie. We get you get upset yeah. if they get hurt. It
0: doesn't have to be as strong of a bond as a bestie because you've only just adventured for a few years. But really, just someone you share a, um, the strongest bond with.
5: There's we can do either. There's like two groups of two, or we can do there's like a big circle where like someone is <laughs> yeah, yeah. someone likes someone, but they like someone else, and they like someone else, a and they like someone else. unreciprocated,
2: <laughs> uh, unreciprocated <yeah>. friendship. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'd probably pity Griffin the most out of anyone in this party. <laughs> not oh, going to lie. I kind, of, I kind of pity anyone who doesn't have heaps of physical strength.
3: I did take as little strength as I could.
5: Perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that could be a good pairing because then we've got the classic elf and dwarf friendship oh, pairing going on.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay.
1: And uh, yeah, ranger and hobbit, that's a good pairing.
3: I like the idea that, that Koja has come across Griffin trapped upside down in a tree like eight or nine times at this point. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. i must thank you please oh i don't oh, you know how i got up there
5: foolish you foolish hobbit what have you not know? Well, i
3: had to get this this box of muffins to the dwarf There's hole no...
5: <laughs> <laughs> and, and what did you being in a tree have to do with that
3: well i was running along and then this really mean looking squirrel came out of nowhere and i i, I thought i'd hide up a tree but then the squirrel got up the tree and it, it took the muffins
5: It took the entire box of muffins.
3: It was quite, it was something. I didn't, you've never seen a squirrel lift like a crate of muffins.
5: No,
4: I haven't. And I'm finding it quite hard to believe. But I'll write you down as my fellowship focus. (laughs) Well, I'm very happy to be focused on Idril. As long as she does her very best to grow a beard, for goodness sake. (laughs) And does not sing that lyrical (laughs) (laughs) clap trap <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so moving forward I'm curious how did you first come to the halls of the dwarves how did you meet each other is there a story behind it what, what is what is the story behind it
5: I kind of I kind of like the idea that like I met Griffin first mm-hmm. and like one of us was really badly injured and the hall of the dwarves was like the closest place we could go for for help
2: mm-hmm. and like I, lo-
5: I lost a fight against a troll and barely escaped with my life and you like find me as I'm like halfway out of my dank cave okay.
2: Oh, don't
3: go in there.
5: It's my home. It's all I know. It's all I know.
3: Very unsanitary. You've got an open wound. (laughs) Now, look, look, look. I'm on my way to the Hall of the Dwarves, right? They've got a wonderful first aid station right Uh, in the front because, you know, dwarves are always fighting each other and every uh, big lizard in the sky.
5: What are you talking about?
3: Well, oh, look, I'm just thinking, oh, that's, it's get. oh, it's getting everywhere. Here, here. Uh, 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 and I, I start wrapping it up. And, uh, uh, oh, as, as I'm not, oh, oh, it's so, it's so bleedy. Oh.
0: All
5: right. And then like, yeah, I like have to stoop and like lean over your shoulder and we just hovel our way to the hall of the dwarves.
0: Groin, how did you find yourself as the first aid department, I suppose? Of um, the, the holes of the dwarves.
4: There's always somebody in the dwarf world who knows these things. They're passed down from father to son, from uncle to nephew, and so on and so on. When I was younger, I would have been in my mid-200s. There was no problem at all with being wounded. You just took it and carried on. <laughs> it was only when I got older I thought, hang on a minute, I might need somebody to look after me. So if anybody younger did come in with a wee bit of a wound, what I did then was look after them. And I grew wow. these unctions. And what my forebear, oint created was ointment. And that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so
2: much. Yes. Thank you so much for listening,
4: guys. That's been the
2: podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Peak. We've reached peak podcast there. <gasps> yep. um, that is amazing, Croyne. And let's now go to Idril. Idril, how did you come across the park? <laughs> yes,
1: well, Sirden sent me to the Blue Mountains to seek aid from the dwarves, to discuss with them the increase in shadow that we had noticed. And so I journeyed to the Blue Mountains in the middle of winter, and what a dangerous journey it was. And as I was on the side of the mountain, I heard the wind calling to me, and so I followed its voice, and I followed, and I followed, and suddenly all was white, and I could not tell which way was up nor which way was down. And as I fell into the snow, I felt a stocky and sturdy hand lift me up by my shoulder, and there was Groin's face. Coming out of the air, he pulled me back, back into the safety of the halls of the dwarves, into the first aid station, and there I came upon a very whiny hobbit and an injured ranger. Stop
3: wriggling! You need to stand still so they can suture you
4: up! (laughs) She should never have been out in that weather anyway. Uh.
5: This weather's all I know. You wouldn't understand.
1: Did you hear the whispers of the wind as well? They were calling to me.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, it was like
1: whoosh! Whoosh! (sighs) No.
5: Whispers of the wind? What are you talking about? I'm dying.
2: (laughs) Can I get some medical attention?
0: (laughs) And I suppose all the rest was history, somehow. Fast forward several years and you find yourselves arriving at the Halls of the Dwarves on several occasions, it even becoming a sort of second home to some of you, and much like those times in the past, you find yourself again at the entrance to the Dwarven Halls, having completed whatever errand or quest or distraction you were on just before. The halls of the dwarves are of dwarven scale, and I don't mean that they are of short stature. What I mean is that these are tall, looming, grand buildings that speak of grand hands upon rock and the grand pride and grand hearts within the dwarves that reside here. Mighty fires burn brightly, reflected by the many many crystalline embellishments that really illuminate the stone and the granite architecture around you. What is one thing that you all notice, despite being here several times before? Something that always awes you, always surprises you? Something that you feel as though you're forced to take a moment to gaze at it in wonder? Or something that's inimitable, something that you just don't see outside of these halls?
3: They go in so much deeper than the average hobbit hole. I can't normally <laughs> touch the ceiling, but I could get on a stool and touch the ce- You can't do that. It's like, it's like a hundred feet up.
0: Oh, yes. And, and I imagine, Griffin, you've, you've been lost down these halls uh, several times, perhaps. Oh,
3: so many times! <laughs> There's no signs anywhere <laughs> in anything other than Dwarven Runes! And I don't... I can't read Dwarven. I can barely read whatever it is that I read. <laughs> and, like, every third room is a treasure trove like this.
2: <laughs>
3: I don't, I just want to find the bathroom. Of course,
0: of course. That is amazing. How about, how about the rest of you?
5: I, I would be shocked by the, the piles of wealth just kind of sitting around. Uh, you know, when, when you're a, a wanderer, you know, any wealth you have is immediately spent on like equipment or, or food. And so just to wander through these large cavernous halls and just seeing piles of gold and precious gemstones and things,
4: I would uh, just be astonished. I think you're speaking true. Fantastic to hear that. There is a lovely little saying from the East that if a man have two loaves of bread, he should sell one and buy a lily. And that is what we do. We do not spend our money left, right, and centre. It is there for its own beauty. And we have powerful columns. We have powerful columns to keep the mountain as one. We have hollowed it out like a honeycomb. It does not collapse. Why? Because of the treasure that we have within.
0: And last but not least, Idril.
1: Well, of course, Idril does not care for gold or treasure, but I think you will spot her just sort of staring at the walls of runes, trying to study and decipher the Dwarven runes, and particularly any that might have some Dwarven magics attached to it.
0: Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Groin, actually, I must ask, do you partake in the sweet, sweet consumption of liquor and the wines and the ales?
4: Aye, all at once. Why wouldn't you?
0: Brilliant. So you find yourselves lured towards the resident tavern within the mines, perhaps one of the more rowdy and popular taverns in the Blue Mountains. You're drawn to this tavern particularly because it's Groin's haunt. Groin, what's the name of this tavern?
4: The Bearded Lady.
0: Of course, of, <laughs> of course. It's a very, very popular tavern. Groin's actually very well known in these parts as well. So you all find yourselves heading towards the tavern and you do enter and you do find Groin at the bar partaking in his favourites. What do you all do? Join him.
1: Yeah, I'll just walk up and sit down.
2: Groin.
5: <laughs> Welcome. Come on out. Hey, it's that guy who kept telling me how poor I was. i <laughs> 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 to go hang out with him.
3: Well, uh, Master coach, you don't really have anything other than what you've got on you right now so
5: i told you griffin don't call me master oh
3: uh, i don't mr cota
5: I, uh... just cota is fine let's go have a drink with the others a cota
4: rough Ooh. cloth Aye, you're making fun of me dwarf
1: <laughs> now now groin settle yourself
4: you'll see now here in this tavern that some of the gold is well spent on the liquor. Right. <laughs>
5: it right. We should be
4: Let's let's just have a drink and celebrate. Okay. So this round like every other one's on me.
0: I going sure thing. Thank you. The barkeeper immediately heads back to the door at the back, and you're left waiting at the bar. So as far as dwarvish taverns go, this is as dwarven as you can get. Exceptionally loud, fell to the brim, stone stools and chairs crowding around the many, many wooden tables that fill the room. Especially for Edril though. This is quite a different tavern from those that you're familiar with. For one, it has the familiar stench of ale coming from the stone floor.
1: Yes, I, I do turn to Groyne and say... Is the floor supposed to be sticky?
4: I how do you think I keep my jacket waterproof? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> I don't understand. I'm sorry. Could you elaborate on that?
4: <laughs> we get in there, lass, and we have a roll around in it. Oh, I. it beats... I can tell you that.
0: And just as he says this, you you see a dwarf nearby roll on the ground and just jump up to <laughs> his feet and just shout in <laughs> triumph.
1: Honestly, I will never get used to the ways of dwarves.
5: They are very strange. <laughs> Is that they keep their clothes waterproof <laughs> as they roll around on the floors of their tavern. <laughs>
1: perhaps you should roll around on the floor coger
5: <laughs> yeah maybe if I move my clothes aren't waterproof but then uh, I've never rolled around on the ground of a uh, dwarven tavern so I'll try it I'll try it I would like to uh, roll on the ground
0: oh my gosh uh, uh sure <laughs> roll for waterproof um, can you please roll me or? I I was going for uh, well, make me a case for ore, I was going for athletics, but um. Uh,
5: well, I mean, it's it's kind of like I'm doing this to entertain my friends as well as to see oh, if I it's see. true. I see.
0: I see. Okay, roll, roll me ore.
5: So I've got one point in all. So I roll a D twelve and one D six.
0: Yes. Are you favored on? It's awe? not favored. No. Okay, then just that. Unless somebody is doing something to help you, uh, perhaps is anyone cheering him him on, perhaps or?
5: Aye. Aye. Okay, yeah. So providing help means I get another d6. Correct. I got the, uh, the rune of Sauron on the...
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
5: an eight and a rune of Sauron.
0: <laughs> well, isn't that just delightful. Uh, what What is your target number for strength? Uh, More, for like, body,
3: yeah. it's 12. Okay. <laughs> First roll of the game is the nat one equivalent. <laughs> perfect, perfect.
0: So what essentially happens to you, Kota, is that you, you do try, you, you do sincerely try to roll on the ground. It seems like a relatively easy thing to do. I mean, how hard can rolling on the ground be? <laughs> However, you get on the ground, you know, you, you, you lie on it and try to move and you find your coat stuck on the floor. You cannot move <laughs> at all. Groin, help me.
5: <laughs> um, what is this? What devilry is this?
4: I'm coming to help you, lad. It's very, very simple. We've come across this before with new lads fresh to the uh, bearded lady. Here. I will take my sword.
2: No, no, no. <laughs> I will rush it. To you, and you
4: must not move. Do you understand that? Uh, it's not difficult. Groin. I'll be coming at you with my sword.
1: Are you sure this is the only way to do this? If you try and cut me off the floor,
4: I'm going to beat you senseless. <laughs> you will feel nothing. So fine is my blade, so carefully honed is my action. Oh my god, he's drunk. Are you ready? He's drunk, he's intoxicated. Grace <laughs> no. yourself, quarter, I'm coming
0: in. No! not do it, do do it.
4: <laughs> right, there you are, that should do it. You should be able to stand up now
0: oh yes groin is well practiced in the art of um unsticking he's well known in the tavern for not ever getting stuck on the floor mm. <laughs> soon enough the barkeeper returns you don't know him personally but you've been here enough times to be familiar with him his name is Hepti. he's a relatively middle-aged dwarf with a chronic hiccup owing to all the ale he drinks He's quite a red-faced fellow, beer-bellied as well, but sturdy nonetheless. He's holding four large tankards of ale in his arms, and he places them on the counter before you. There you go, groin. Oh, it's on the house, if I may. And actually, I was hoping to request a favor of you as well. <laughs> I understand that you're in the trade of um, doing favors for people, uh, quests, well, well rewarded, of course. Do you, do you happen to be available for hire at the moment? Uh, it'll, it'll serve you well. We have a bit of a situation if you will at the tavern.
1: Does it concern the forces of darkness?
0: In a manner of speaking, uh, it concerns the forces of ale, yes. Uh, or the lack of ale, which is darkness. Dark ale? <laughs> uh, it, 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 it concerns the forces of the lack of dark ale so very dark indeed. Uh,
4: one moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Right, now. First of all, you've got no problem, not with us here. Your mead is rubbish. Honey, far too sweet for me. I put some vinegar in it next time. (laughs) What is the help that you need?
0: Well, for one, Groyne, you're absolutely right. It hurts my soul to be giving you honey-sickled ale at these times. Unfortunately, we've- we've and he kind of leans towards you and whispers, "We've run out of the good stuff."
3: Yeah, I quite liked this. It was, it's, it's tasty. I like, I liked the meat yeah,
5: as it was well. Nice. I thought it was
3: all right. It's, it's a bit sweeter than they normally serve us here.
1: All dwarven ale is inferior.
0: He looks directly at you, Groin, and says, "Your companions, on the other hand, seem to be of the weak-bellied persuasion. If you catch my drift."
4: I catch a drift, all right. I wish there was something more I could catch with a little more substance to it in the liquor. <laughs> I tell you what, there was a man who could perform miracles. Maybe we could find him. I'm, 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 I'm sure
5: he's probably got an idea of where he wants us to go to get the, to get the ale already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean. Uh, listen, miracles are always welcome in my tavern, but I do I do know where you need to go to get our usual stock. In fact, there was supposed to be a caravan returning here, but a fortnight yet we have received no word of it, nothing at all. And they're a regular place as well, so we don't really understand what's going on. I smell. This is
1: concerning.
0: Yes, it is because of the lack of ale. Do you know what route they take? They come from the humble village of Tharnost. It's uh, northwest of here, but you, you may have to go south or north to get past the mountains, of course. Our delivery driver, is, his name's Bill Belsap. Uh, he's a good guy, going blind in one eye, but still a good damn navigator. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he didn't get lost and it's something else, like, I, I trust his single eye with our question.
4: We're not gonna go off on a quest to find this person and find him lying drunk and incapable beneath his own car are
0: I understand that, which is why my quest to you will be to go to Tharnost and perhaps procure us a new caravan of, um, of the good stuff. Or, at the very least, find out what's going on and get them to send us one as soon as possible. I can't keep them going like this, Groin. They're gonna have my head.
4: The only thing I can say is that, uh... Somebody's gotta keep me honest on the way back. I'd be looking to you, Idril, to do that for me. Otherwise, I might arrive with an empty cart.
1: (laughs) I understand, Groyne. That is certainly something I can do. But let me ask you this, Groyne. Knowing how much the dwarves love and need their ale, do you think it is possible that they merely got lost on these roads, these well-worn, well-traveled roads? I fear that this is the doing of the Dark Lord.
3: I mean, is, is the Dark Lord generally in the in the business of
0: sabotaging ale houses?
5: You have no idea what he's capable of. He'll sabotage any and every means he can.
0: And if he wanted some ale, we could have just given him some. I mean, why take the whole cart?
1: You would sell ale to Sauron?
0: The forces of
5: darkness?
3: Yeah, have you ever wondered why he's so dark maybe it's because he's not you know he's not letting himself down and relaxed and he, maybe if we just it's because he's a power hungry
5: a... corrupt individual who will do anything for power it's not because he needs a drink well, I mean some people get a bit fighty sure but
4: I mean Griffin you're talking of things you have no knowledge of
0: Hepti gives groin a very quizzical like what is going on <laughs> here look
4: <laughs> can you be trusted Griffin good body? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, of course. i mean trusted not to make an eejit of yourself. I
3: I'm, I, I, I've learned from a long life to not make that
4: promise. Quota, <laughs> are you with us? Aye, hey, I'll join you. Great. Idril. Hey,
1: you know I follow where you lead.
4: Okay. Find my grubby jacket, will you? Get my horse. We'll set off in the direction of Parnas.
0: Uh, here is here's the map, by the way. Oh, uh, you, you may need them better.
1: Cool. So we exit the bar and take a look at the map, I guess. Uh, where's Tharnost?
0: That's a good question. So, fortunately for you, there's a small red mark to the northwest of where you're at, on the other side of the Blue Mountains in Linden. Next to that red mark in Dwarvish Ruins is the word Tharnost. Ah, okay. Looking at the map and knowing where you are, you can tell that the main barrier between you and Tharnost is the Blue Mountains. Unfortunately, there is no way through the mountain range, at least not yet. They're working on it, you see. It's a slow process because obviously there are more important things to focus on when digging through a mountain, like the gold and the silver and the... Architecture! Looking at the map, you see two obvious paths that you can take. One, to the south, traveling around the mountains against the Gulf of Lune, and the other, a small path indicating an abandoned dwarven mine that cuts through the mountain range a fair distance up north. The final decision, of course, is up to you all.
3: How how important is it we get this uh, as quickly as possible?
1: Well, on the one hand, I do fear the forces of darkness are at work here, But on the other hand, we're just collecting ale. (laughs) Groin, Cota, what are your thoughts on the matter?
5: You know what my people are called. We're the Rangers of the North.
4: That is closer
5: to my area of expertise. I say we go north. And take the path there
1: (laughs) A fair assessment
4: As a well-travelled traveller I believe it's very important To take the word of people Who know where they're going And if the ranger has been in the ranges And can range free thusly Then we should listen to what he has to say When it comes to ranging I'm your guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very well We head north then
0: Okay, I've marked your chosen path accordingly and you can see now that the number of hexes that you need to travel is 15, but we'll get to that later. So with boots tightened and packs tied firmly against your warm clothes, you prepare to set off on your journey. But before you do, as is the norm for your company and others, you take a moment to say your goodbyes and down your last tankards of beer for a while, and most importantly, you decide on your roles for this quest. For quests are seldom a stroll in the Rivendell parks, and no one person can take on all the responsibility required for a journey. There are four roles that you may take on. The guide, in charge of all decisions concerning routes, rests, and supplies. The hunter, the one who seeks food in the wild. The lookout, the keen-eyed companion in charge of keeping watch. And the scout, the setter of camps and the defender of homeliness. So which roles do you each choose for yourselves?
5: Well, I would normally say I'd be the hunter, but I, I mean, seeing as I'm like the one who was like, oh, let's go north, I know it. Maybe I should be the guide. Yeah. But also Groin is probably more familiar with this area because hes it's like a dwarven
4: area, right?
1: Oh, true. Yes, it could be either of you. I would like to volunteer myself for the position of lookout.
4: Oh, uh, yep. It seems to me that the uh, griffin character might be one who knows about food, second breakfast, mm-hmm. third mm-hmm. breakfast... Fourth mm-hmm. lunch, all that kind of All carrot. the
0: breakfast.
1: Yeah, I think that's good for you, the scout. So somebody who has skills in hunting <laughs> needs to be the hunter. Well, I have zero
3: skills in hunting. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't I'll prepare the food.
5: Oh, I've I've got a couple of points in hunting and it's favoured, so I might as well. I'll be the I'll be the hunter and then groin if you want to be the guide.
0: Cool. Lovely. So as well worn travellers, you know that a journey is much more than a means to arrive at a destination. No, a journey is a beast unto itself, requiring steel wills and an unfaltering heart to tame it. To Tolkien, at least, the journey is the adventure, and most appropriately, the One Ring agrees. My dear Fellowship, you have set forth on your journey, out of the raucous but familiar warmth of the halls of the dwarves, and into the cold wilderness that is most common in the Blue Mountains. You look toe-and-fro, searching and finding the familiar glint of sunlight and, by extension, your bearings. It is now the time to make your first marching test. So, my dear guide, please make a travel roll. 14. And what's the target number of your heart?
4: It's 14.
0: Brilliant, you roll equal to your target number, so that means that you're successful at your ability test. Because this is a marching test, the successful roll basically means that you get to travel three hexes plus one hex for any additional success icon that you roll. Uh That's the Elvish rune. In this case, because you haven't rolled any additional successes, the number six or the Elvish rune, you march a total of three hexes towards your destination. And next, I make a roll and I roll... um, You roll roll
1: for bad
4: stuff to happen to us. Oh, charming.
0: (laughs) Well, not not always. My first roll is actually just to determine who will be the focus of the event uh, that'll soon be happening. And I rolled a five, uh, which means it's our hunter.
5: No, dude.
2: (laughs) Ooh.
0: (laughs) Next have to roll to determine what kind of event. So the area you're in at the moment borders the Blue Mountains, and so it's considered treacherous. It is dark land, and that means that it is an ill-favored roll that I will be rolling. Ooh, this is not looking good for you, Hunter. Okay, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, yeah,
5: lad on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, nice. (laughs) Yo, does anyone else wanna like be the hunter <laughs> just for the day?
0: No. So that's a one. Despair. Interesting. Could you give me a hunting roll, please, Kota?
5: Nine, no symbols.
0: Nine? Aww. Nine.
2: Nine.
0: ha ha. Okay, so the path you've been taking is treacherous, as it skirts the side of the Blue Mountains. Your path and yourselves are basically defenseless against the constant barrage of the wind and the snow and the blinding whiteness, but you've been travelling for three days now and you've been making very good progress. So despite the troubles with uplifted spirits and glowing hearts, you begin today's journey as you have in the days past, only to find yourself faced with a unexpected horror. As you all trudge forward, you come across quite a blighted area. The snow's somehow melted and the grass beneath is dead or blackened. The air is colder somehow, and as you stare at this blackened blot and the many, many bones strewn about it, it doesn't take a keen eye to notice the remains of travelling clothes, of bloody and frozen armaments, and even some rotting foodstuffs. These are the remains of travelers, much like yourselves. And as you're looking at this, Kota, you notice one particular set of bones that indicate a being of shorter stature, shorter even than a dwarf. A hobbit, perhaps. As you look at this, something pierces its way into your heart, a sliver of doubt, of fear, of dread. Not for yourself, but for your companions, your friends, perhaps one in particular.
5: No. Not again.
0: <laughs> again? Wait, again? <laughs> <laughs>
5: I fall to my knees in front of the hobbit bones and I just grab the skull and I just look into it and I just go like, it's all my fault, it's all my fault, I'm sorry. And I just go pretty much catatonic after that.
3: Oh God. <sighs> oh, I, I, Kota, oh, oh, what's,
1: oh, here, have- Griffin, stay oh, away from what, me. What am I, have one of these muffins. What is happening, Kota? What's wrong?
5: These people died. Yes? Because the forces of darkness were not kept at bay, and I placed the skull back down on the ground. This is why we do what we do. We fight the forces of darkness to protect the free folk. Indeed. Look at these bones. These are not natural deaths. These people were killed by Sauron's army. Oh...
3: Uh, an army? It's
5: here. Well, is proverbial. It's not his doesn't have a proper army. That's still oh. a... Mission, <laughs> oh, isn't oh. But,
1: but he is gathering forces. His
5: minions. The minions of darkness. Aye, they're always prowling at the edges of our society. And I can hear their whispers in my mind. Orcs, trolls. Wolves. Etc.
1: They have been prowling where they should not be.
4: Well, exactly. They grow bolder every day. And this is the price. These are marks of... Evils so deep they will live with us for a very long time i feel for you young Kota. i feel for your people i feel for this poor lost soul before us mm. we now have an extra motivation in this story drive forward
5: well this proves that sauron's minions Growing bolder, coming closer to the roads, not afraid to hide in the shadows anymore. We must be careful, and we must be wary.
1: Agreed.
3: Is there some kind of check that I could make to see how these bones... Like what might have killed this hobbit?
0: Oh, most definitely. Um, you can make a case. Otherwise, I would say scan, scan. Oh,
3: scan. Yeah, I can do scan.
1: You know, what, can I? Can I help, Griffin?
0: Sure. Spend a hope point, and Griffin can add a d6 to his pool.
1: I, I will. I'll have a, a look as well, and be like pointing out things to Griffin as we go. That only gets me to fourteen.
0: <laughs>
2: that's very close. <laughs> oh, no, very close. Oh.
0: that's okay. I suppose in the meantime, Groin, what are you doing? Do you want to examine the bones as well? Well, why not?
4: Right, six, a three, and a four.
0: Oh, yes, delightful. So Groin, as you look upon the bones, your brow furrowed, and you're basically doing your best to bring in all of your knowledge that you've accumulated over the past years, suddenly everything becomes clear to you. Your eyes focus on the angles of the cuts on the bones and the depth of the footprints around it, the way the bones are laid out, all of those minor details, and you find yourself clearly able to imagine what happened. You realize that these individuals were ambushed by a large group of goblins, sometime quite a while back, and it is the goblin blood spilled on the ground that caused everything to die. And you also do recognize that despite the presence of a few goblin bones, most of the bones are not goblin. Meaning that whatever happened, the goblins probably came out on top.
1: So the goblins overpowered them. Oh.
4: Okay. Uh, my question then is, would there be a possibility that... This dead creature is one of ours who might have been bringing us some um, some liquor.
0: Oh, very good question. Because you rolled quite well in your previous role, I can tell you that from the location and the lack of any carts or wagons or merchants, like they, these are these are warriors. These are it's unlikely that they were merchants or messengers of any sort.
3: Warrior hobbits.
0: Well, they're not. There was only one hobbit. The others were <laughs> Oh, right, 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 right. So despite. Despite finding yourselves reinvigorated, uh, renewed with a stronger will to complete this journey, you do all also feel heavier. Seeing Kota break down like that, even if it was just for a brief moment, weighs quite heavily in your hearts. And Kota... well, not much needs to be said to you, Kota. Basically because Kota's role was unsuccessful, you all take one shadow point each.
2: Oh.
5: I mean I'll try to resist it right because like I think path of despair is my shadow weakness so I'll, I'll be trying to thin that off
0: yeah usually yes you can usually take a shadow test to see if you can overcome or cancel the gain shadow but I'm not actually sure if you can do this here so I'm just gonna rule that you can't but don't worry you'll get plenty of chances in the future to get rid of it anyways so with heavier hearts but stronger wills you trudge onwards groin as our guide it is time for your next marching roll could you roll me travel again please what
4: i've got here is uh, on the six sided ones i've got two with the uh, the lovely symbol okay oh. two of those And a four. And the other one, there's a nine.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's uh, 23 in total, I think. And definitely a success. Yes. So that's that's awesome. It's actually quite appropriate given what just happened. You basically find that your will is reinvigorated. And you steal yourself and resume your journey, marching with a renewed determination that takes you five whole hexes upwards, right to the mouth of the path that cuts through the Blue Mountains. Yeah. Yeah, impressive work. I will now roll again to (laughs) see who will get the ire of the book. And it's the lookout.
1: Oh, that's me.
0: Yes. What is your awareness like,
1: lookout? I have a two in awareness.
0: So, lookout. One night, as you're up sauntering around camp whilst the others are asleep, despite the loud wintry winds, you hear a sound coming from within the trees. A rustling sound that beckons you to investigate. And you do investigate following the sound into the wilderness. You find yourself before a path, another path through the mountains. This one looks much shorter and seemingly more safe than the abandoned mines that you were in front of before. Right. Could you roll me an awareness check, please?
1: Okay. So I rolled the Eye of Sauron on the d12. (laughs) Oh, no. And
0: then I rolled a five. I see. So just five. And that is, I'm certain, a, a, yep. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What was distracting you? Yeah, what was distracting you?
1: Yeah, well, obviously I'm intrigued by this path. I want to investigate it as a potential shortcut, but also I'm feeling like, hmm, was that path there before? How, how could this have suddenly appeared? What's, what's down it, I wonder? I'll start heading down the path.
0: You you do head down the path, and what essentially happens to everybody is that, uh, unfortunately for you all, Idriddle becomes lost. And when you wake up, she's gone.
4: Oh no! Sorry, but part of my travelling gear is a collection of maps. For the travel. And um, I never go anywhere without my maps, obviously. There would be my maps there and they would show whether that new pathway that she's found actually was there before or not. I would like to switch the target of my hunting from small game to Idril.
0: Absolutely. And Groin, that is a wonderful idea. You could actually help Coda in his search by consulting your maps if you want.
4: Right. I would whip them out immediately and compare it with the topography of the immediate surroundings and see which way could she have gone. But then I would use my scanning skills to go and uh, check out the grasses and the uh, the roadway, the pathway, and see if there's any evidence of, dare I say it, an elven woman going through that area. <laughs>
0: And you do so quite expertly. Honestly, Kota kind of expects you to take a fair bit of time, so he kind of tries to find a comfortable place to sit down and wait. But even before he's able to find such a place, Groin, you've already found all the possible paths that Idril could have taken. So marking another whole point that you've spent, Groin, Kota, go ahead and roll with that additional die.
5: Oh, that's a rune of Gandalf on the D12. Nice. Plus a tasty 11, so... Uh... Can I also... As we're
3: as as those two are focusing on hunting down mm-hmm. Idril, can I make a, like a stealth roll to make sure that we're doing so in a in a discreet manner, so we don't draw the attention of any undue creatures?
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
3: That is not going to succeed.
0: <laughs> Very loudly then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You try to be stealthy, but after like um stepping on a few bones you just give up. It's just like what? I'm
3: too worried. I'm too worried I can't I can't deal with this. It's, how would you just walk off like that?
0: Koda, you've rolled our first Gandalf rune of the session. Congratulations! So rolling a Gandalf rune basically means an automatic success. So you're most definitely successful in finding Idril. But I'm actually quite curious. How do you go about finding her? What do you do in your search?
5: I start with uh, looking for her footprints and from then, I would uh, close my eyes, tilt my head up, and just, just smell for the scent of elf, which um, it lingers on my sense, on my, on my keenly sensed nose. You're always talking about it. What,
3: what is the scent of elf?
5: <laughs> it is the smell of summer on the wind. It is the smell of freshly cooked grass and music, song drifting into my head.
0: You journey through the wilderness, the snow following the footprints that gradually become more recent, and you find Idril just still walking about, trying to find her way.
1: Yeah, you'll see her, like, almost hunched over in concentration, just trying to find where this goes.
0: I
5: run up behind her and, like, put my hand on her shoulder and, like, turn around. Like, what the hell are you doing? Ah! Idril! You can't run off like that. You're our lookout.
0: The... What... What time is it?
5: You disappeared. How long has it been since she disappeared?
0: It took you most of the day to find her.
5: You cost us a day's worth of travel.
0: But it was night.
1: Only a moment ago. I was... What
5: what are you doing out here?
1: I saw this path, and I thought it looked like a shortcut, but also I was suspicious of whether this path was here before or not. I thought there were some mysterious forces at play, and so I decided to investigate.
5: By yourself?
1: Well, yes. We
5: just saw an entire party of people, murders, and you decided to wander the-
4: off by yourself.
1: You're right, Kota, I apologize. I don't know what I was thinking. Something about the path... No,
4: neither do the rest of us. We've got no idea what you're doing, really. Right, we've got a long way to go back. To where we were before yes, we ended course. up here, where we are, and we've lost a lot of time. As Kota said, he's quite right. There's absolutely no point in hanging around here. We've got a mission. We need to get more ale. Idra, are you all right?
1: Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm merely confused. I don't understand what happened exactly. Something about this path. Called to me.
5: I look down, like, is is there actually a path?
0: No, there's absolutely nothing. Oh,
2: what?
5: <laughs> the only path I see is your footprints. There's nothing here.
0: Uh, Adriel looks around. Looking around, Adriel, like, you, you do see that it does... The path you supposedly were following just leads into a large, like, rock face. In the light, it looks much clearer to you, and there doesn't seem to really be a path here.
2: Right. Right, come on. I... Come on
5: back to the the actual path.
1: I Hi. I fear some darkness has corrupted my mind.
5: Alright, right, we'll stick with the rest of us. We'll take care of you.
1: Ah yes.
0: After that unfortunate event, you end up having to spend the night at the same location again. Idril is back on watch, but ever so slightly less trusting of sounds and the snowy wind. The morning after, you prepare to set off again, guided by your faithful and quite well guiding groin, who is to roll a marching test again.
4: Here we go. Right, a three, and a two, and a three, and the other one, the twelve an eight.
0: Fifteen. What is your... Uh, what is your heart?
4: Fourteen.
0: Fourteen. So, fortunately, you still, again, succeed, and you travel through the path between the mountains. It's an old and worn-out path, the ruins of a once prosperous dwarven mine, we're sure. Despite its age, it looks quite nice, although to you groin it looks quite lacklustre, given that it's been long since forgotten, with any signs of riches or life absent from the otherwise familiar-esque holes. So while the rest of your company can barely hide their looks of awe and the gazes of amazement at these massive columns and equidistant everything, the tiled granite floors and high ornate ceilings, To you, this is not as good as they could have done, to be honest. They could have done better, in fact. Regardless, you come to the other side of the mountain after a few days of journey, and let's roll to find out what happens. And this event targets the scout. Oh, perfect. Oh, no! (laughs) So, Scout, let's see what kind of thing you have to do. So, uh, that's an Eye of Sauron. <laughs> oh, God, no! By the way, please note down that your fatigue is at three at the moment. Is that everyone? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, just so everyone knows, this is important because at any point, if your fatigue is higher than your endurance score, you become wary. And that means that any dice rolls with the numbers one to three count as zeros. hmm Okay, so, given that you're the scout and your usual responsibilities involve setting up camp and making things as comfortable as possible, something that you happen to excel at, I'm sure, so while the hunter, the lookout, and the guide are exploring the area, hunting, observing, and finding their bearings, you are left to yourself to go about setting up camp and gather twigs and woods and other items. So, as is your usual routine, you set out to... I'm looking
3: for herbs and spices for when I cook the meal.
0: Exactly. So, how well do you do? Let us find out. Could you roll me explore?
3: Uh, I have a success token, a six and a one, but my target number is 15.
0: Ooh.
3: Is there nothing nothing good in this clearing? No mushrooms?
0: Yeah, honestly, yes. There's quite a few things in this clearing. You find a hole, and next to this hole, you find a tree, and upon this tree, you find many, many scrumptious-looking, delightfully red apples. <gasps> Delicious! The tree looks incredibly steady and you're not all that heavy, so you decide why not. And unfortunately for you, you soon find out why not. Elsewhere, minding their own tasks, everyone else, you all hear a shrill hobbit shout (laughs) echoing through the forest.
1: Will Griffin get stuck in yet another tree? What other dangers lurk on the road ahead? And will the Fellowship find the missing ale? Find out on the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel.
0: If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at DFYT underscore podcast on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider donating to us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dolls to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. We would also like to thank our patrons. Benjamin Tay, Adrian, Jesse Wesson, Bonnie Cohen. Thank you all for your support. We could not do it without you. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.